Hey there, probably bad fans. This is an extra special episode brought to you by our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carlo. We've got a special guest. Maybe it'll be me. Maybe they'll let me loose on a proper episode. I'd be a great guest. It's not. It's who? Oh, God. This is the worst thing that's happened to me since Harvey Firestein stole my voice. Never singing into that man's conch again. Hello and welcome to Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper and we have a guest. Hello. Should I say, I'll say, uh, hello, I'm Johnny Chiodini. Sorry. I'm normally <laughs> sharper on the money than that, I like to think. Anyway, thank I you for having it. me. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to edit it. We have a guest. See if you can figure out who they are to win a prize. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And we do also still have a probably bad RPG idea. Which is reverse zombies. Rather than eating your brain, they give you a series of clever puzzles to help train it. Yeah. I. So hang on, just to Im- immediately jump into the sort of parameters of this, it is the zombie giving you a series of clever puzzles to help train it, or it's going to eat your brain, or. See what I was thinking is because you know you get like this trope of vampires being like. I'm going to take care of this person and make sure they're really healthy so their blood tastes nicer. Yes. Maybe so smart you... people taste nicer? Yes, yeah, so it's oh. making you smart just so you have a bigger brain so you're better to eat. Oh, I see. At right. least that's my theory. And okay. That, yeah, like I guess in that case you need to intentionally fail all of the puzzles so the zombie won't eat you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to convince it that there's not much going on up there, right? Yeah. I thought it was maybe instead of wanting brains from other people, it wants to improve its own brain. So it's like, please help with puzzle or whatever. See, that's quite sweet. But unfortunately, I've been reading The Promised Neverland, which is a manga which involves a plot point where the kids who do the best at tests are harvested by demons. Wow. (laughs) So that's immediately where my brain went. Yeah, no, entirely fair. And I I do think it's... um, it's uh, uh yeah why why wouldn't zombies be selective why wouldn't they have like a palate i guess it'd be like so you have well yeah like people have favorite foods. Like, exactly zombies, like yeah they start off mindless and then they're just attacking everyone but as they sort of survive they get smarter and they're able to choose like preferred meals so you have a zombie that shows up with a personality test to determine whether or not <laughs> you are the correct kind of brain for it to be eating. I love the idea of the zombies levelling up and then discovering Maya's breaks. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they really like eating introverts, but the yeah. really delicious ones are the extroverted introverts. Those just have an, an extra sort of piquancy. And then there's like the cheap knockoff introvert, which is extroverts with anxiety. <laughs> there's, there's a really weird cookbook here that, like, uh oh, would definitely get some kind of. We could definitely get kickstarted. Mm. I, so I just, I just. I mean, know, people like... do eat brains. To be fair, like my mom's eaten brains. Yeah, that's true. I have as well. Not human brains. I hasten to add, um, but uh, lamb brain. I really want to try it because she made it sound delicious. Mm. But I don't 
I don't know where I can get some. I um we well my friend and I sourced ours from a uh, Turkish grocery shop that had a butcher's counter and they would sell like uh, sheep's heads. So we cooked one of those just to sort of just try it. Tongue delicious, eyeballs neither of us went for them. Brain not bad. But if they, they tell you the sheep's Myers Briggs uh, personality, <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't unfortunately. Um, so I, yeah, I've got I've I've got nothing to base it off really. Um, having neither data on that particular sheep or never having eaten the brains of another sheep, um, I'm, it's it's a completely useless data point for me at this stage. We need to go eat more properly, like tested sheep. Like the other how do you test like... whether a sheep is an introvert? They live in big groups. Like, is it on the in the mm. center of the herd, or is it like on the outskirts of the herd? Oh, yeah. Okay. I wonder which would taste better. Because mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, the other thing about zombies needing like to give you these tests mm -hmm. in order to make you smart enough to eat is that like we're all nerds, and most nerds spend most of their time correcting people about things, <laughs> so you have to resist doing that. So the zombie doesn't eat you. Oh no! Like the zombie's going to lure you out by getting yeah. things subtly wrong about something you love. Yeah, the zombies eat anyone who corrects them. Oh no! They're standing, and... standing in the middle of the street, yelling, "Frankenstein was the doctor." <laughs> <laughs> what specific thing would get both of you? What would you, what would draw you out in a heartbeat? Get me. Oh. See, the thing is, I did an archaeology degree, so, like, so many history things. Ooh. Like, yeah, I did a philosophy degree, and that's sort of less well-suited to actually, this is the true <laughs> nature of God. I say that, but people will absolutely fistfight me over that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like any anyone who is, like, at, yeah, like, Various minor obscure RPGs where there is one of a person who knows about them, but they have gotten it wrong. So yeah, I, I just feel like because I mean, this whole thing probably bad is initially a Tumblr. It's still quite a big Tumblr, mm. and I feel like there would just be so many people who would correct you on things on Tumblr. Like we've had people correct us incorrectly on there. Mm. What you need is a, sh a zombie that's constantly saying uh, sharks have smooth skin and just <laughs> luring in the masses. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Mm. I love that post. Yes. What would be your zombie lure? Um, uh, it would be, uh, I'd be a zombie mispronouncing my surname. <laughs> it would just be that because it's reflexive now. Like I. It just happens so often. We, when I was a kid, we used to keep a book of all the misspellings, and then it became too much work. Um, so the family book just stopped being updated because we were like, we've had enough. We felt defeated. So I think that would be the way they'd, they'd get me, basically. But then is knowing your own name really a, a sign of intelligence? or I'm just? Cool. Is... I mean, it's a developmental stage. It's, yeah, it's it a pretty low bar, something. though. You've yeah. leveled above baby. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, if the zombie doesn't know that from just having a look at me, then they don't deserve to eat my my <laughs> potentially delicious brain. It's a very low level zombie. It's just about figured out where the brain is. Okay. You well, then I'm absolutely going to stick with with my own surname because hopefully <laughs> that would buy me some time to escape. 
You don't deserve to eat me is a great response to a zombie attack. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose so. Because also, like, who am I to say that, really? Mm. <laughs> in the in the context and, of a zombie apocalypse. And this is where the zombie starts correcting you on abstract philosophical matters. Mm -hmm. And that's when you get got. <laughs> you kind of you you jump in like you're taking a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> if a zombie bite if if you correct the zombie then you get to eat the zombie. And it, Ooh, and gain like its power. Bug. Yeah. You don't get much power because it is a zombie. Yeah. Would, would that get would you get infected? Because, like, I think, you know, it's, you know, zombies typically, as they're portrayed in, in popular culture, are, it, it's an infection. Yeah. Okay, I wonder if you can get it gastronomically. Is it like a like, venom slash poison thing? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. It's like, if a zombie bites you, you become a zombie. Sure, we've all got that, but what if you bite a zombie? I mean, it's not going to turn back into a human. Or is it? Mm. Has anyone mm. tried? I, I, personally, I'd have to hold my hand up and say I haven't. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think I would bite a zombie to try and yeah see if there's if it would cure it. I'd maybe do it out of spite, <laughs> but that's the best thing. That's the best scenario I can come up with. Really, a spite is eating bite. me, but I am eating it right hmm. back, and we sort of balance out so we're both completely fine. Yeah. Like a weird meteoroboros. Yeah. Did I say that right? Ouroboros? I never know how to say it. Ouroboros? Ouroboros? I don't speak Greek. Yeah. I mean, I've only ever seen it written down. And, also if you... and if you do pronounce it correctly, a zombie does eat you. <laughs> ah, right. Well, then. I've... Yes. Ouroboros. <laughs> I'm looking forward to transcribing this episode. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My question is, do other like supernatural bodies cultivate people like this like is there a necromancer somewhere who's really pushing the dairy industry to get some nice strong skeletons for its army oh you've got to think yeah they're lobbying yeah. the yeah they're lobbying on behalf of the dairy industry they have to be you gotta you've got to plan ahead when you're a necromancer yeah like the reason the dairy industry yeah. is so powerful is it's run by necromancers also, I did get once get told by a doctor that I have the best blood they've ever seen in all their years of the hematologist. So, yes, and they are vampires and they are specifically coming after me. I think that makes us opposites because I broke a phlebotomist's 30-year streak. She could not get blood from me. Wow. I had yeah, the worst veins. In the event of a vampire attack, we were like two very different risk levels. Well, yeah, I mean, between that and the amount of Italian food that I eat, I am fine. <laughs> Fair. What yeah. was it about your blood that made it the best they'd ever seen? Because, uh, like, just like best, best color, best smelling, like. I'm sure there's a, an actual medical reason they said taste, this, but nutrition. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, yeah, just lacking like bet like all the stuff was balanced. It was lacking in any kind of signs of negative health, and Ooh. I'm not sure why because I definitely do have negative health. But apparently, my blood is the one thing keeping my entire body going. It's the one thing that's functioning. I'm basically just a sentient balloon of blood. Aren't we all though? Yeah, I guess technically. <laughs> Just a wet sack with some electronic pulses going through it. Hmm. But crucially, also some bones. Yes. 
We've not forgotten about you necromancers. <laughs> I don't know, maybe like the necromancers can, that can raise whole people. Maybe they like hang out in gyms and scout out talent. Yeah. Ooh. Do you reckon they lobby for like cod liver oil? Because obviously like not all things that are necromantically raised are like just skeletons. So like cartilage has to be important too, right? Yeah. Like healthy joints and stuff. Let's keep the bones together. A nutritionalist secretly necromancers. Like the entire health industry is secretly run by necromancers. Necromancers, yeah. I feel like it depends on whether they're a qualified nutritionist because there's there's the ones who are like, oh, try some glucosamine, and then there's the ones yeah. who are like, put some lemon in your alkaline water. Yes, an important to make. I, I think, yeah, home, homeopaths are not are not blessed with any magical abilities whatsoever, <laughs> apart from maybe the power of self-delusion. They're, they're enchanters. They just trick you into buying things. But yeah, homeopaths are not necromancers. is the one firm political stance this podcast is taking. Perfect. I'm glad I could be here to witness it. <laughs> <laughs> Running on this policy. <laughs> Do we think this is the point to move on to questions? Um, like the one last thing I imagine is um, someone who's spreading alternate medicine in order to take down the necromancers, and it just <laughs> sounds like the worst moral dilemma I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. Oh, just absolutely wrecking people's bodies so they're useless afterwards. Mm. Yeah, you can stop the necromantic invasion, but you do need to support homeopathy. Do you pull the lever? I'm not. I'm not touching that lever. I'm not going anywhere near that one. Yeah. The trolley can rattle on, as far as I'm concerned. We're pro necromancer now. Yep, that's yeah. That that is the firm political stance I would like to take on this podcast. I realise that my views may not reflect yours necessarily, <laughs> but I'm I'm all for it. Last time on Tales of Mortera. Awesome. 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 We can't light tread upon <laughs> our prey we steal. The sorcerers go to try and earn surf on the horse. K get dead? Yeah. Uh, you want to kill me? I'm a wizard, I've always got plans. Tales of Orterra, an actual play podcast. Available wherever you're listening to this right now. So, our first question is anonymous. Uh, what is the most needlessly brutal way you have dealt with an enemy in any TTRPG? Uh, and this was specifically chosen for my story of the most needlessly brutal way I've ever dealt with an enemy in AT tabletop RPG, which was, I believe, it was a gladiatorial fight or a pit no, fight. No, it was um, it was dealing with some assassins who were trying to yes. like take out the mayor. Yeah, we were trying to protect the mayor because you know we were playing off playing servants of authority in this game. Uh, I was a sorcerer. But I hadn't, like, I hadn't chosen any real attack spells. I was mm -hmm. more kind of stealth and espionage. And so when this assassin burst out, I had no idea what to do. So my immediate instinctive thought was, okay, I use gaseous form. I get breathed in. I dispel gaseous form. Um, and paper agrees that it would work if I promised to never, ever do it again. And that is how I exploded someone from the inside out. Kind of great... them. Yeah, and a great way to kill people if you don't have uh, any combative spells. 
that is genuinely very, very impressive. It's, um, yeah, genius application of uh, of the rules as written. Yeah, every spell is combative if you're if you try hard enough. Exactly. Yeah, I wow. think my my decision on that was like, yes, you're allowed to do it, but the townsfolk will riot. But then People... one of the other characters rolled stupidly high on a, I think it was like a persuasion roll to convince them, no, this is good actually. <laughs> So it was fine. Actually, wow. people exploding from the inside out is a new healthcare regime. Take <laughs> <laughs> that necromancers. It Well, because water has a memory, you see, so it yeah. only needs a few molecules in order to have a benefit, which of course means you only need a few molecules from a person, which means you can, of course, reduce them to molecules mm. by exploding them from the inside out. It's just a, it's a standard, uh, standard homeopathic preparation, really. See, this raises questions now, because there is a spell where you can bring someone back from just a body part. Hmm. How small can that body part be? Like, can it be a blood spatter? I'd, I'd go for that. I'd say it would yeah. take a lot longer. Hmm. But, quite... yeah. Like, they have to re like Deadpool. Yeah. If you had two body parts, could you bring them back twice? I think mm. rules is written. There's nothing technically stopping you. Because then, if you have a lot of blood splatters, you can like create like hundreds of clones of someone. There's definitely a market for this homeopathic human juice. Oh, yeah, because there's is what I like to call corpses. Well, because you've got two hundred and six bones. Yeah. But presumably, you don't need the whole bone. Mm. And then you've got cartilage, blood vessels, all the the gushy good stuff. That I know less about because, again, I did an archaeology degree. So, like, you've got a lot of options there. Yeah, that's you could basically raise an entire army of hmm. of one identikit guy. people. One yeah. guy, yeah. You need to choose your guy very carefully. Yeah, and it's a thin line to tread because obviously they've got to be weak enough for you to be able to explode them. Mm-hmm. But they've got to be strong enough to make having an all, a whole army of them worth it. Uh, so, Which one of could... them has the soul? I think that you've got to draw up a rotor. <laughs> That's probably the price you pay. That's sort of the monkey paw. Mm. Uh, like a time like share. Catch. Yep, you, and you have to manage it. Mum says it's my turn with the, with the soul. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because I just realised what you could do uh, is you bring the guy back mm-hmm. like t- twelve times, you explode them from the inside, then you bring them all back twelve times. You just keep repeating. Oh, it's like Fantasia. Yeah, <laughs> and like eventually you'll just be able to defeat any enemy through sheer numbers. I don't know why they're working for you, considering you are repeatedly blowing them up. Oh, presumably but, if so you're you high stop. enough. Like- Presumably if you're a high enough level magic user as well, you can just, like, magically make them do things. I just imagine it's like a case of, you know, this still isn't the worst uh, minimum wage job I've done. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that you're paying your army of goosh clones. Yeah, I'm not a monster. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it seems like they get great healthcare. Hmm. We will bring you back from the dead, whether you died or not. Yeah, exactly. Been in an accident? Don't worry. 
when you are in an accident imminently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About to have been in an accident? Don't worry. Whip. Ooh. I mean, that's just how okay. they sell insurance, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely it is. It's, it's sort of a vague threat. <laughs> or uh, crossed with betting. Mm. Yeah, I've read, I've read that this quote book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I've forgotten about that one. What is the, in sewer ants. What is the most needlessly brutal way you've dealt with an enemy? Okay, so um, I am about to tell you the story of the boiled baron, as uh, it has become known among my friends. Um, some years ago now, probably oh, blech, coming up on 10 years ago, I was playing in a campaign of a game called Fading Suns, which is like a big space opera thing. Just imagine Dune, but mm -hmm. with a very heavy D20 system. Um, I was playing as a, um, a baron... Um, because, you know, it's, it's all sort of nobility and a feudal system and all that kind of stuff, um, who was secretly a magic user, because in, in that world, if you've got sort of supernatural abilities, uh, you're hunted down by the Inquisition and you're, you're meant to be killed. And we had been invited to a planet. We were having dinner with this, this other baron. Um, and very quickly, it became apparent that we had been lured there in order to be killed as a party. Um, because we were seen as heretics. Um, this first became apparent when um, the waiter uh, put down a bowl of soup uh, in front of, I think it was me, and a poison vial dropped out of their sleeve and landed clunk in the soup. And we were like, right, okay. Uh, and then Inquisitors burst out with flamethrowers and tried to torch us, etc., etc. Anyway, combat ensued. Uh, we finished combat, and uh, my character was not pleasant. He was nominally like the captain of the ship but he was like a selfish drunk and his whole story arc was to learn how to be a, a, a halfway decent captain and a better person but this was very early on uh and so what he did was he sort of um he st literally stuck two fingers up this guy's nose um with one hand cradled the back of his head with another and then just sent a surge of electricity through him and slowly sort of boiled his head alive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and our, our uh, GM sort of took the ball and ran with it and really described it in very vivid detail that made me think, okay, yeah, all right, that was a bit extreme. Um, and crucially, my, um, my magic sort of uh, stats gained several points of urge, which is... Urge is bad, basically, um, and the more of it you get, the worse things can happen. Uh, and eventually, that character pushed it all the way, at which point um, an evil twin of him immediately appeared and became, like, the season antagonist. Um, so that's, that's definitely the worst way I've dealt with an enemy in a BG. That's boiling bad. their little head. That's yeah, yeah. Bad. It sounds worse in the retelling. Doesn't sound it didn't sound great in the moment either, but I definitely no. um hearing hearing myself tell the story. <laughs> As again. I described the time I boiled the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, whoops. I honestly don't think I've ever done anything hugely brutal. Need to get started. Like there was the Kymus playtest where we killed a guy with a vat of phlegm. Hmm. But, I mean, that was his vat. It was poetic. Okay. Oh, well then. <laughs> you know, 
I just happened to be nearby when he was drowned in a vat of phlegm. Right. But if it I... look, if it was his, that's an occupational hazard, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Chekhov's phlegm vat. I mean, I he have... was trying to use it to become a god, so, you know, I've kind never... of had it coming. I've <laughs> never brutally killed anyone. People just keep having industrial accidents near me in unrelated circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Plausible deniability is yeah. important in RPGs. Yeah. I've really done myself in by straight up confessing to what I did. Power <laughs> word, legal deniability. <laughs> Power word, manslaughter. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I also, again, didn't explode someone from the inside out. I just happened to collide with them in an unfortunate manner. You just materialised at an unfortunate moment. It's not all murder, just things materialising in inconvenient locations. <laughs> Discuss. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, it's inconvenient to someone, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Second question, now that everyone who is like other than paper is going to jail. Uh, anonymous. How, uh, same person you asked about work, Nindy. How do you deal with people who try to roleplay seduction? So I believe the work D&D question was about running a game at work and we came to the conclusion that you should LARP as your manager in order to get a promotion. Hmm. <laughs> and I think it, made, it made sense at the time. Sure. I mean, the same plan could apply here, I guess. LARP as the player's significant other? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it sounds like a really bad way to start a poll. Yeah, I would say that's it's definitely one of the out more out there ways of starting one that I've heard of. I saw you across the game table and I loved your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Seduction's a, a a tricky issue though. Like yeah. especially if we're talking, you know, in a work context. Mm. Um because, you know, as always, consent is yeah is important. I mean, that's the like boring, obvious answer is check everyone's okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so now on to bullshit. <laughs> like, I feel you definitely shouldn't be trying to seduce your boss as an elf. No. That seems like there's many ways that could go wrong. I mean, yeah. I feel like we should work under the assumption that this is only in-character seduction. Mm. Yeah. I have like It's I a have... controversial take, but I think mm. we should assume this is character character. Yes, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, it's it's all understood that it's it's <laughs> I was about to say it's all on the table, but that that makes it sound very different. Uh, that it is all contained within the game mm. and that it has <laughs> no broader implication. Whether it's all on the table is up to the game group. Right, <laughs> exactly. Or under the table. Yeah, but not advised in the workplace still. No. Especially yeah, if you I... work in, you know, government or something. <laughs> On the other hand, the new cycle's been kind of bleak at the moment. It could liven things up. Yeah. Yeah. Although, is that. Are we really ready to hear that, like, cabinet ministers have been putting on elf ears and then taking off their clothes? Like. <sighs> Listen, a highlight of the political news landscape was Piggate. It's been okay. a while. Touche. Touche. Yeah, that's fair. We need Elfgate. Yeah. 
I think I the like... problem I have is that like I haven't really been in a lot of games where character romance has been a thing. Mm. Like there's either pre-established relationships or none, and I don't I don't know why. I don't know if I just have a vibe that says don't you dare flirt. <laughs> I mean, that's one response to the question. Just show up, hand the table, don't you dare flirt. I will fire anyone. Yeah. How do you deal with people trying to roleplay seduction? I don't. Because they don't try it. It's, it's have... you know, it's neat. Yeah, I have been in... I've done, like, one game where I roleplayed seduction. But due to, like, a mix of character things, it was with my ex's identical twin. So mm. we rapidly stopped. Yep. Uh, so there's some advice. Don't do that. To be fair, I think in the the same game with the gaseous form incident, your character got together with another character, but it was like entirely off screen. Yeah. It was just like everyone started shipping your characters, so you just decided they were together, but nothing else changed. Yeah, I mean, like this is the issue: is I'm not very good at like role-playing seduction in real life <laughs> you'd think i would be given that i'm married but i still don't actually know how flirting works well that's the thing is like once you're married it's like well that you know all of that you know all of those skills they just yeah they get put out to pasture you don't really need to flirt anymore no um <laughs> that, i sounded sadder about that than i um <laughs> than i intended sorry <laughs> I solely mean in terms of keeping it sharp from a role-playing perspective. Mm. Mm -hmm. That is the main issue with marriage. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> everything I know about marriage I know from weird 1950s D&D-themed sitcoms. Pretty much, yeah. Same. Yeah, like, I guess if you, mar if, like, you ensure that all of your characters are married... <laughs> ...to each other... Let's put them all in pre-existing relationships so they don't have to seduce... Yeah, so I feel like how do you deal with does sound like they don't want people to roleplay seduction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think to some extent, if it's, you know, if it's player characters doing it between themselves, then, like, sure, you know, go for it. Knock yourselves out. Obviously, you know, if, if it's generally agreed that they'd prefer a fade to black other than making everyone sit around while they sort of laboriously describe <laughs> they what, make what each of them checks. is doing. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think that is fine. But um, if I, to be honest with you, if I'm running a game and someone tries it with an NPC, more often than not, I do, I do make like I, I, I do decide that the the NPC in question is is into it mm. because unless there's like a really strong reason that they find them distasteful, in which place, in which case, they probably won't be swayed. Because I think the yeah. main priority for me is to avoid anything that seems coercive you know like love yeah. spells or or potions or whatever um and i just find them being receptive to it and sometimes even you know almost more eager than the the character anticipated like upsettingly it... eager yeah exactly like i just i just quite like to be like all right if you want to do this we'll do it like we will do the seduction angle but like i'm i'm gonna make you blush mm. you know i love it's... it it's like it's like chicken Exactly, yeah. How do you do with a play, uh, play who's doing trying seduction? Seduce harder. Yeah, exactly. Seduce him right back. Hmm. <laughs> Dragon rolls to seduce you. <laughs> Dragon rolls to seduce you. I feel would at least be like an interesting session. 
Yeah, the dragon has been yeah. taking art levels off screen. <laughs> that or it just sounds like you're buying someone sushi in a romantic setting. <laughs> Sorry. I was surprisingly amused by that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your generosity. <laughs> I, do, so... I do like the idea just in general of more enemies like initiating the flirting. Yeah, because like just... you rock up at the like lich's castle and it's like, hey, you want to yeah. be my undead queen? Right, that... that's flattering, you know. Like, how are your bones? Like, <laughs> thank you for asking. They're that, that, pretty great, my, actually. That's my pickup line too. How are your bones? <laughs> I, because like, because the thing is, because of the way like diplomacy works in D and D. Like, it is quite an effective tactic to go around seducing your enemies, as several game groups know. Mm -hmm. So enemies should be able, be able to figure that out, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. They've got to preempt um, it. Yeah, and, like, you get, like, a seduction arms race. As, yeah. like, you get more and more, se like, sexier and sexier monsters. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sexiest D&D monster? Hard mode, uh -oh. not humanoid. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm gonna say a beholder because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Way very good. Hmm. Uh uh oh no. See my immediate thought was a flump just because they look really nice to hug. I don't think that, yeah, they, I don't yeah. think that's how most people define sexy, but that's just no. where I'm at in my life. I just want, I just want a hug from a big marshmallowy jellyfish. I find flumps quite annoying, so that probably wouldn't be my pick. Mm. I'm going to say a Bulazau. I reckon some people would be into that. Yeah, kind of Baphomet adjacent. There's there's a sort of a sexy goth vibe going on there. Because uh, that means we've got like. The bad boy, the cutie, and whatever a beholder is. I guess the pretty one in this with the joke. And we're pretty close to a very effective boy band. Yeah. <laughs> or like a high school comedy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because like every other comedy is just a trio of guys doing random shit, right? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. These guys are magical. American That's Die? Is that anything? Not really. Yeah, we can workshop uh, it. Okay. Also, at least these guys are magical can be our tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's long rest. Ferris Bueller's long rest, I like. I like that. I think we're, yeah, I'd, I'll stop because I'm, I'm telling myself I can do better, but I, f I feel like the, the, the road to one that we can all agree is serviceable is paved with many many worse puns are we just going to get an email at three in the morning it's just a list <laughs> i mean i am quite jet lagged at the minute so i will be up please don't tempt me because i'll do it <laughs> if we get a thousand patrons we will publish the full list of jimmy Shirley. <laughs> that was not your name <laughs> no yeah uh, 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 nice try zombie <laughs> Listen, we've got 19 right now. You've got time. <laughs> 10 things I hate about uh, being surprised. No, that's rubbish. I was trying to think of like combat, mm. combat uh, sort of statuses, but restrained sounded like 
it was just a weird anti-kink film. <laughs> I'll save them for the email. I'm sorry. I know I said I'd stop, and then I did one immediately. Um, now I'm thinking. Yes, here we go. Fifty Shades of Grappling. Hmm. Hey. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Um. Definitely like a ten things I hate about like what rhymes with you. Uh, I hope you're. I hope you're all like enjoying this podcast of me try and think of puns <laughs> in real time. It's this okay. The next... Nick will edit it to make us sound funny. This is the next six hours. Settle down. Get a cup of tea. <laughs> um. Maybe we should end the episode there. <laughs> Again, fouls of patrons will release the unedited cut of us sitting here for 12 hours coming up with different D&D rom-com <laughs> titles. I forgot how all those words fall to each other. Um, if you have a D&D rom-com title, you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. Please do. You could also theoretically email us about other things if you wanted to. I don't like the tone of voice in which you said that. I'm the one that reads the emails. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have a question, you can email that or probably bad RPG ideas on Tumblr or bad probably on Twitter. We're still waiting for that first Twitter question. Although given the way Twitter's going, I think we'll be waiting a while. Mm. Send one in before Twitter implodes. Um, or you can support us at patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas for homebrew, bonus episodes, Discord server, RPGs, general dicking around. Johnny, where can people find you? Um, I can be found on youtube.com forward slash Johnny Chiadini, um, which is where I, I do sort of videos and stuff, um, mostly about video games. I can also be found on youtube.com forward slash Oxventure, running the Oxventure uh, D&D series for some lovely, lovely people. Um, and you know what? You just No one needs to be on Twitter anymore. I'll spare you. I'll spare you the, even the details. If you really want to find it, you can Google me. But um, yeah, uh, those two would yeah are ideal. Four weddings and a fur bulk. And what's that? Yeah. Right. Okay. It's just a furbog standing around at the back of four different it, weddings. It's just yeah, we have like four weddings, all of which halfway through a furbog bursts in. Yeah. This is a great reality TV show idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So thank you for listening, and remember to have a probably bad day. And remember to have a probably bad day. <laughs> um...